How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. everyone welcome to the next best thing <laughs> another episode here of the orange and brew podcast i am nicholas manning the doctor if you will uh, and this is my co-host john cronenberg you can find him on twitter at john k nfl you can find me at dr underscore and manning or you can follow the pod at orange underscore and underscore brew we're the podcast where you marry our two favorite pastimes, the Denver Broncos and beer. Before we get going on either of those topics, how are you doing, John? I'm doing well. Uh, it was a good weekend. You know, it was very relaxing. I think everyone had a lot planned. Uh, Valentine's Day was, you know, nice. Very, uh, you know, had to do some birthday plans for that day, actually, instead of Valentine's stuff. So that was, again, you know, fun for me. Um, and uh, yeah, pretty much just doing well and ready to get into the meat of february what about yeah. yourself i'm good it was good it was a good overall week um my son played against a ringer in five to six year old basketball mm-hmm. uh, eight and a nine year old uh, so we lost 30 to 18 it was a little rough a little hard to explain to small kids um try your best play up to the competition knowing that there is a ginormous uh, man child on the team but what do you do what do you do other than that uh things are good um you know i wanted to get your take didn't prep you for this question but i'm gonna throw it to you anyway gotcha was it holding no i will okay here's my thing okay <laughs> it's it was definitely it was holding it was i just don't know if i make throw that flag in that moment without letting them play maybe you know watch it slowly pick it you know start taking it out think about it a little bit see how the play plays out and then throw it but yes technically you saw the jersey kind of lift it it was he was technically holding before the ball was thrown that's a five-yard penalty automatic first down so yeah i guess uh it's holding it is what it is what about yourself um was a penalty yeah it should have been called at that spot. No, and only because I don't think it. I hadn't saw that penalty called most of the game. So to yeah. me, um, it was whack. Yeah, it was whack. Whack call. Well, but, for, let me ask you a question yeah. on a, a call that, uh, that was uh, controversial. Um, that catch for Devontae Smith that was first deemed to catch, yeah. um, where he got to me, it looked like three feet in, and then they said it was you know it was against his helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they ruled it as an income, they ruled it a complete pass on the field and then ruled it back as an incomplete pass for, uh, for that play. What were your thoughts on that one? 
Yeah, it was a catch. That was a catch. Yeah. I, I don't know what else to say. Like for me, that that that's what the mark of a catch would be then for the rest of the game that you yeah. have to do better than the at. Right. So it, it meant a, a lot of things weren't catches, obviously, that should have been that yeah. would have been, you know. Yep. Yeah, there's some uh there's some big misses. Uh however, I will be clear, it is not the reason why they the Eagles lost. They lost because nope. they fumbled the ball and had it returned for a touchdown. Yep. And they gave up uh the NFL's NFL history. Uh sorry, a punt return making NFL history is now the longest punt return in a Super Bowl. So you do those two things. Poor uh, Jordan Nor- Norwood. Yeah, that, that Jordan was Norwood. something he 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 prided himself in. Yeah, I think uh, so. Uh, and a lot of Broncos fans did it as well. It was a fond memory. So, uh, damn, uh, it's difficult. Yeah. So, uh, outside of that, it was an extremely entertaining game. Yeah, I really, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. It's one of those where I would have liked the Eagles to win. Yeah, just because of. You know, being a Broncos fan, you got to root for who you're supposed to root right. for sometimes. That said, I didn't lose sleep over it. So, nope. Uh, that's kind of how you want it. You're entertained. Uh, you have a rooting interest ish, and it doesn't bother you when you wake up the next day. Yeah, that, that's perfectly fine. And and we're on to the you know the next season already. We've been speaking about it for a while, getting ready for it. Uh, and I think that's very powerful. Let me ask you real quickly. Mm-hmm. Half time. Yeah, Did love. You- love- Love Riri. Loved it, did you? Yeah, it's one of those where um, I have been told, I have not watched her in a show before. Uh-huh. She's not a like... She's not going to dance all yeah, the time. Yeah, she's not a, like a dance. So that, a that was her That was yeah. her style, actually. Yeah, a little more, a little more sass than anything. Um, so, so, yeah. That's For me, it just did nothing, honestly. I was very confused. Uh, just you know, thinking the whole time, is she is she pregnant? Is she not? Or is she did she just have a child? So that that was uh, confusing for me. But yeah, she, she, you know, for me, it just wasn't meant for me. It, the intended audience literally was not intended for me, and that makes sense because they they have so many different people from all different countries watching the watching the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, and there were more people that viewed the halftime show than the Super Bowl. On average, exactly 119 million to 113 million doesn't seem like a lot, but it's a lot. There's yeah. a reason why these uh arts want their want to perform for free and sometimes put in some of their own money to get onto the Super Bowl and make a big halftime show. Because guess what? She had I think 14 hits in the top 40 at Spotify. Yeah. Um, she she was just killing it, plus five million, I think, in followers on one of her social media accounts. Uh, that's that's quite a big, you know, huge yeah. uh, addition to people that are going to listen to her music on again. That's on Spotify. That is going to last much longer than the Super Bowl will. So she is uh, very happy. I'm assumed with her yep. performance. Yeah, I mean, right? It's a uh, straight cash money. So with that being said, maybe some news and notes. Obviously, Super Bowl champions. Um, the league year is already moving. So I believe that we start the combine fairly soon, uh, which is super exciting for us of us that like the draft. Right after that, franchise tags, we're, we're into tampering, a whole, the whole nine. So uh, some news and notes that are interesting, especially to the Denver Broncos and uh, 
uh, in their standing within the AFC West. Derek Carr, moving on, is not traded. Interesting because he would have been on the hook for $40 million um, to whatever team took him. For him, it probably would have been sweet. Maybe it's not any long-term security. Uh, he obviously then also doesn't get to pick where he gets to play. Um, but maybe other teams knew that he wasn't going to get re- or he was going to get released and not going to give a pick and 40 bucks to a guy that I can get for 25 million a year and get him for free. And so because he was released, he can sign at any point in time. So he doesn't have to wait for the free agency period to uh, uh, to begin. So thoughts on Derek Carr leaving the division and uh, do you think it was a smart move? You know, it was a smart move for the Denver Broncos. I'll tell you that. Uh, you know, Derek Carr has kind of wiped the floor with the Broncos on the last few occasions. Um, and it's just been he's been killing the Broncos with high accuracy passes, you know, over 80 percent completion rate. It's been pretty uh, abysmal uh, in some other games. But against the Broncos, he he had our number. Uh, so I definitely will be glad that he's leaving. I think he's a, actually a pretty good quarterback. Uh, just really felt, felt like that, uh, you know, McDaniels does what McDaniels does. And he has his eyes, obviously, on some quarterback that he wants to make sure he can secure. Um, you know, maybe it's a uh, draftee. Maybe it's someone in free agency. I'm not quite sure who he has, you know, his eyes on. But uh, clear, clearly – he does have a, a a sense of where this team is going and it no longer involves Carr. It was unfortunate, especially how Carr finished out the season with the Raiders too. Um, but I think uh, him he- heading to the NFC South makes a lot of sense. What are your thoughts on, about some other teams in, uh, you know, some options? I, I think he's a really good player. I think that he, um, I think Josh McDaniels is doing what Josh McDaniels does. And, uh, thinking that he knows best and maybe they have a lead on a better player. Um, I don't know that I would believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is a better option than Derek Carr. I also don't know that. I don't know that you can bank on Aaron Rodgers coming to town. So I don't know what they're doing. Don't know what they're doing. Um, And uh, I'm glad about that. I think Derek Carr, I think all of the options, to be honest with you, could be appealing. I think going to New Orleans, um, you saw how competitive they were with Andy Dalton, et cetera. And, and uh, I think he, that's a, a guy that would upgrade that roster. Uh, I also think Carolina would be a, a good play. Um, I do think, though, that Carolina would probably want a long-term solution there. I don't know that they would be interested, but I do think that, again, as a roster where if you put a competent quarterback in there, uh, you'll, you'll probably see some, uh, you know, you, that that division is there for the taking. So I think that would be a, a prime spot for them for sure. And then the Jets, I think the Jets are, you know, you, you have the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Uh, you also have Brees Hall, who would have been the rookie of the year <laughs> if, if he didn't get hurt. Um, mm-hmm. Some promising young players. So, you know, you could go be there. And he hasn't even turned 31 yet. So, uh Something for us to keep in mind. He's going to be around uh, playing some pretty good football uh, for a while. So I, I think he can land in quite a few places. I Maybe mean, even San they... Francisco, maybe, and make them, uh, you know, I, I think he's he's got some good options, I think. He really does. And, uh, I, and I think they all could fit for him. 
I, even I like I've heard so many different teams kind of pitched and they all make me go, well, you know, in a weird right. way that works, you know, the Patriots, if they want to be real honest with themselves yeah. and talk about, Hey, is Mac Jones going to be the guy of the future? If, if not, then this is a, a real steady option that I feel like Bill Belichick and him could work together very well. Uh, maybe, you know, definitely have a respectable um, communication and respect, uh, you know, in, in talking to each other and working with each other. And then I've heard everything from, you know, if the Tennessee Titans are ready to move on from Tannehill, this makes sense too. So uh, this is really interesting to see where this, how this ends up. And uh, I, I think uh, Carr, obviously being the first dom- domino, really will tell us kind of the, where the future is going to be with the 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 draft, with everything, you know, with the free agency first, of course. So uh, very interested. Yeah, I think that that's uh, that's something to keep note. Um, we have some some other news and notes also. So uh, again, Aaron Rodgers has not decided whether or not he's going to play. He's Oi. going on a darkness retreat. Is that what? Is that what it is? What, wait, what is a darkness retreat? I don't know. Is uh, that he's going to lock himself in a room? Okay, and uh, and not come out until he's ready. He's ready. Oh, okay. I mean, that's could be a while. What happens for a could few be, reasons? Could be a uh, while. Yeah. Uh, just uh, he's an interesting man, and I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah. That that's uh, I feel for the Packers fans. That's what I'll yeah. say. I feel like they're they're probably every single time feeling like, oh my gosh, please just just do your job. You can do it. And then some weird something weird comes out, like a a dark room. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> thank God we're not in that saga. Yes. Um, but moving on to more, more Broncos uh, information, Justin Outen is now a uh, running backs coach and run game coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. I like that move for him. Uh, I think that, at least for what we saw over the last couple games, um, he got it going with Murray a few times. Yep. Yeah. I think that that'll be um, something really good for him. Uh, Coach Azani has several interviews with uh, with a few other staff, so uh, it might be uh, his time to move, which would be, to be honest, I like Azani. I think um, I would be ready for some fresh blood in there. Also. Yeah, I think I, I agree as well. Let's see if someone, it, you know, when we get talking to a little bit later about some of these wide receivers, yeah. um, it's you need some fresh blood to see if it gets them going a little bit more, some yeah. gets more value. Yeah, and so... Uh, Sean Payton has hired Logan Kilgore, offensive coordinator, quality control, who is famously Arch Manning's high school offensive coordinator. So uh, mm-hmm. Arch Manning to the Broncos in 2026 or whatever confirmed. And then uh, Deacon Doyle is tied, tied, hired as the tight ends coach. Uh, we discussed that offensive assistant from the Saints. Uh, we kind of previewed that a little bit last time. So uh, a few names or dominoes going. I think the last spot to continue to discuss um, with some firm traction with multiple candidates is the um, defensive coordinator position. Names like Sean Desai, Chris Richard, uh, Nick Rallis, who is uh, the linebackers coach for the Eagles. My assumption would be now with uh, the depletion of that staff, he may or may not follow one of those, um, one of the outgoing coordinators or get internally promoted and then hang uh, in Philly. So he's probably out, but then you can add um, Mike Zimmer, whose name has come up recently. 
And so uh, we ran a poll, 45% said that they would like Sean Desai as the Broncos defensive coordinator if it were their pick. Uh, what are your thoughts? Just maybe really quick before we kind of go through um, any concerns with it taking this long? And B, uh, do you have a favorite in the clubhouse that you would like to be the Denver Broncos defensive coordinator for 2023? You know, I really don't have a, a favorite at this this time, honestly. Uh, this is somewhere where I tend to be a little bit a, a little bit not as uh, aggressive when it comes to uh, knowing the names to be just, just 100% honest. Uh, but having someone that's worked with, you know, Sean Payne in the past, that that's that's a that's a good recipe in my opinion. So Desai, that's something that I, I, I would be interested in. Uh, Rex Ryan is the name that I'm hearing a lot of now, and uh, it's pretty polarizing how people feel about him. Um, and I, I really want to hear his pitch uh, and not assume that he hasn't changed with the game. You know, he hasn't kept up with it, what's going on, hasn't, you know, you know, stayed back to in the past where, where the last time he was a Buffalo Bills head coach. Um, so that's my concern with Rex Ryan. Has he been out of the game too long? And do you have a concern with that at all? Yeah, I do. Uh, I also think his personality, me first, kind of loud, abrasive. Um, it's not really technical, right? A lot kind of goes into much more of the pressure focus. Is that good or bad? I just don't know that that would be a guy I would want to match it up with Mahomes and Herbert because of the volatility of him. However, you know, his, his defenses did give Tom Brady, you know, fits uh, during his time in New York. And obviously when he was in Baltimore, he was phenomenal. I don't think the game has passed him by necessarily, but I also don't think he's a, a real contributor. Um, I think Chris Richard is probably, in my, if I were to guess, make some money on this. I think that that will be the person that lands here. Um, yeah. but Mike Zimmer I, I would be excited if it were Sean Desai too. I, I do think Mike Zimmer is great. That would be an interesting because he's generally been a four-man front guy. Um, and so we've talked about kind of schematically I don't know that there, you know, we've talked about that adjustment, but you would want someone now on the edge um, in more of a hand in the ground. I think that you have that with Randy Gregory. Then you'd have to look at Baron Browning. I think Baron Browning could play kind of the Anthony Barr role that they had in Minnesota for a while. Um, I don't know that that is the same as kind of Micah Parsons 2.0 if you if you wanted to be able to do that, but something to keep note of. Yeah, and again, for me, uh, Mike Zimmer, I keep hearing attachment to CU, you know, so it's it's been very yeah, he, He's attached there, but, you know, if uh, if, there's like if, another, the Bron- you know, if the Broncos called for with a job and said, we want you to be the defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos versus you're up, up the road an hour and you're a senior assistant to whatever yeah. consultant. I don't know that he can't do both. You know, very true. I don't know that he can't review film for... Um, for, for prime and and do that stuff go up there on occasions on the uh, you know and, and talk at some kids i don't the know the only concern i'd have is uh you know ncaa and nfl crossing you know paths yeah, no i think that's it. a great point i think that that's a great point he probably wouldn't have to you know maybe he's not allowed to step in the building but uh, i think they want from at least what i can tell the the colorado buffaloes want mike zimmer to be the guy to get the the 5% of their team that's able to go into the next level of the NFL, he wants to have them 
speak with Mike Zimmer and start to learn how to talk about the whiteboard, how to go break down film, how to speak with a person who's, who's doing a, an examination essentially on you during your combine draft, you know, uh, meeting. So uh, I think that's where Mike Zimmer's at for Colorado. Now, again, Mm -hmm. like you said, if the Broncos call and all of a sudden he wants to coach coach, well, that, that's your, that's as good of an option as you can get right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. With that, we're going to go ahead and take a pause here. We're going to uh, step to our next phase of the, of the podcast, our second segment. We've got a beer to, to preview for everyone. Um, and then we're going to go to our third segment, talk about potential trade candidates for your Denver Broncos. Hold on. And uh, we will be right back. And we're back with segment two. Uh, I got a beer here. Uh, I haven't tried this on air, so I thought I would. Uh, again, from Odell Brewing Company, one of my faves out in Fort Collins, uh, Colorado. So this is a 90 shillings ale. Uh, so 5.2 ABV, um, named for the Scottish tax on high quality beer. 90 shilling is a medium bodied amber ale with a distinct varnished copper color and a deeply pleasant aroma. Think you'll find our, our think you we think you'll find our flagship ale. There we go, <laughs> brilliantly go. Refre- refreshing and worth every shilling. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give this a try uh, and see what we think about this bad boy. All right, here we go. And ready for the pop three. Hmm, that's all right. It was all right. It wasn't as I have to be honest. I didn't hear it. Yeah, it wasn't that crisp. It was a little disheartening. Smells good though. So uh, cheers. Very good. I give it a. If this was a game from this last season, yeah. again, we're close. This is like a, the last yeah, yeah. pod where we're talking about okay. the past season. Mm-hmm. What would it be, a game wise, a player wise, anything that you can think of? What does it remind you of? Be a Something good. Win. Be a Jacksonville, Jacksonville win. win. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, it's a, a win that we all predicted would come close, but um, but satisfying. So mm-hmm. I'd say. Uh, Something like that. There weren't a lot of wins to, to be able to pivot to, but uh, yeah, that's all I'll give it. It's good. It's pretty flavorful for for kind of a, just a, a standard ale. Um, this one's out of the can, obviously, and so it tastes pretty good. I bet out of a tap, you know, that kind of stuff probably would taste Beautiful. even better. But um, yeah, go get you a go get you a ninety shillings. Let me uh, see. Let me see the can real quick. Actually, not too bad. Not too bad. Got a little Colorado feel. Yeah, that definitely has like a, a CU feel when I when I'm looking at it. It's from Fort Collins, though. Just so you know. I know, but it feel it's kind of feels. I mean, CU. it does. It is the colors, though. Actually, you're right. Yeah. yeah so I'm a little surprised. Mm-hmm. Dude, everyone is going CU, even That's Fort true. Collins. That's true. All right. Before we get, so we're gonna hang in here. So go get yourself uh, Odell, uh, ninety shilling, good, five point two ABV, not as crushable, so not as uh, as light on the. And the flavor, so a little bit more flavorful, uh, a little more hoppy. So you might uh, probably got to take a little slower, but uh, delicious. On that conversation, really quick, within you know one minute, what do you expect from Coach Prime 
year one, year two, because that's all I think that we can really probably kind of count on um, from him and the staff. What are your thoughts as a CU alum? And uh, I'm going to go ahead and have a little bit more of this beer while you talk. Yeah, I think uh, first year, I think people have really high expectations when it comes to uh, CU and they're thinking national championship. Let's let's get down a little bit here. Like we're, we're, we really need to calm down. Uh, you know, we're getting a lot of these guys are coming in as transfer class to, to start. So uh, let's be honest, this is a completely new roster. And I think, you know, you're looking for this team to compete to get for a uh, basically a bold bid. I think that's where we are looking at. Um, the Pac-12 uh, has definitely changed recently, um, and it's, it, you know, they need to be in order to compete in the Pac-12. You can't you can't lose basically for the national championship, and I don't right. think that's going to happen. So for me, I think just again get into a a, a playoff or not playoff, excuse me, get into a, a nice bowl game. I think you can expect that year one, uh, year two, then you're fighting to get into a higher echelon beer. Uh, um, excuse me, bowl game. Uh, again, not expecting them to be making this push that everyone's expecting where they're going to get, even with all these five-star you know, athletes, it, it takes time to get everyone going. As we've talked about, you need to have, uh, with the Broncos, you need to have depth behind their their roster for when there is turnover, when someone else is has done a great job and they need that new contract, you need the person behind to be ready yeah. to fill in. Uh, I think that's where CU need is going to take some time to develop, and that will happen with some some time if Sanders stays with the program long enough to see that out. So yeah. that's how I'm I excited feel for right it. Now. I mean, yeah. Florida State guy, uh, obviously. Florida Colorado State, born. hey, they're they're doing they're recruiting. Hey, you too. know what, uh, Coach Novell, nine million. Uh, both of us right now are, are talking a, about like a, how great good, they are. Yeah, it's a good college uh, college time, but. Yeah, Deion Sanders is the reason why I'm a Florida State fan. So watching him high step in 1988, uh, I am that old. Um, just the flair in it was phenomenal. I, I was a cornerback. I went to play corner um, throughout school. I I wanted the 21, all that good stuff. Whether or not I could have it, primetime was the was that guy. Um, I, I love what he's doing. I think he's taking advantage of the new age of of college football, and Colorado has is relevant. Because of, of Prime, I think he has an opportunity potentially to save the Pac-12, as weird as that sounds, I, uh, as they look for for uh, a money deal. And college football in the state of Colorado. I mean, when Air Force and, and Wyoming are the best teams in your region for some time, um, it's got to get better. I like what Coach Norvell will do, the air raid offense. I think that's a way that you can win with mediocre talent. Uh, he did it in Nevada for a pretty long time. I think he'll do that at some point, too, with uh, CSU. And uh, and I don't know that this will be the year that CU makes a really big push if they keep the band together, keep doing what they've done this off season into next off season, uh, with the talent flip that they'll get, they will uh, they'll be a good bunch. So really excited. So really excited for what's going on. And definitely again, it this talk was worth the ninety shillings. So make sure you go get one. And we're going to transition to our next segment. Again, reviewing some uh, some trade candidates and some information just came out. Uh, hang on, and John and I will be right back.
And we're back for segment three, talking about the Denver Broncos and who might be on the trade block. Report came out via our guy, Malhai Mario, uh, who had stated there is uh, you know, some prominent names out there that would be on the training block. And uh, Benjamin Albright had confirmed that, um, you know, that Garrett Bowles is a name to, to be able to watch for. Maybe before we get going on any other names or possibilities, uh, you had an initial take about uh, about Garrett Bowles. What's your what's your thought? What how do you feel about hearing about that? You in favor, not in favor? What would you need to get in return to make it happen? Yeah, uh, this one, you know, just kind of took me by surprise a little bit, um, just because it's it felt like the Broncos were so behind uh, Bowles going into this prior season. Um, so of course, you know, with an injury, everything changes. They they feel like that gives the Broncos some leverage and in, into possibly, um, you know, laying moving on from him and uh, seeing what's out there. And if so, it sounds like he's gonna get a second round pick and maybe a little bit late, you know, seventh round compensation attached there, kind of as a freebie. Um, and in a team like the Broncos with uh, George Payton, who wants those picks. I think that sounds like a, a, an option. Um, and for me, you, you have to get an offensive tackle though there to, or at least, you know, again, you have to have, you had free agency before you had to have a tackle who you, who you have in place ready for the next slot. Um, because again, I think it's, it's a little bit risky to just focus your whole, whole season with an, a rookie offensive tackle. I think you're setting yourself up for a potential failure. You'd like, you, you'd like to see that player shine instead of, uh, you know, just being forced to be put out there kind of like Alex Leatherwood was or something like that. That's not, not, not what I want to see. Um, so again, a second round pick, maybe you're able to get a, a Darnell uh, right. If you're deciding to go right side, um, although Darnell Wright, I think he played some left left tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, otherwise, I feel like the the really developed guys for offensive tackle are going to be gone in the first. Uh, so I, I really do feel you have to have your 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 name, a, a, a target and a name of who you want. Uh, any thoughts for yourself? Is the second round enough to appetize your your draft needs? Yeah. Yes, if they got a second round pick, one because I think that you can move up into the back end of round one, mm-hmm. and uh, and get someone that can contribute right now. I like Garrett Bowles, um, but with the money that you'd save, a little bit over eleven million dollars or so, um, you could use that to go solidify your interior offensive line. Or you, you know, you and I had talked about you get a guy um, like Taylor Luan who who sounds like he's going to get released. Maybe you go grab a vet like that with that savings, you know, two year, $25 million deal, 11 million guaranteed. So it's a wash, but you get that second round pick. You go draft a uh, center out of Minnesota. I mean, Michael Schmidt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then therefore you kind of, you you know, you got BOGO, you got two for one. And I think if your plan is to do something like that, I think that that would be a, a really smart thing to do. Um, if it's simply to cut bait and, um, you know, and get some draft capital because we're punting to the next year. I just don't think that this roster right now is in a place to continue to build for the future necessarily. I think you have to attack it with an opportunity to um, to compete next year. I also think that the leak of this information could be really focused on 
uh, getting Garrett to redo his deal. You know, maybe that's added pressure to to um, to restructure so that you can, uh, you know, you can save a little bit there. But uh, I would I would take a two if it was two and some change. I'd probably do that. I would utilize that to jump back into one and uh, and grab a tackle if I thought that the class was deep enough that some would fall to you. Uh, yeah. So that being said, I'm going to throw out a couple names to you. Let me know if you would be interested on what on dealing these folks or not. And if so, uh, you know what you'd maybe want in return. So we got a few names that have been speculated that could be on the trade block. Would definitely be someone that could get you, um, you know, a, could get you a pretty good return. Uh, first being wide receiver Cortland Sutton. Uh, so Sutton's cap hit is eighteen million dollars next year. I think you'd have to restructure a bit with the dead cap. I'm not sure what it would be if you traded him, uh, but uh, a player who has shown to be a, a Pro Bowl caliber talent, still relatively young, and now kind of a, a contract ahead of the game with uh, with receiver money. You know what? What are your thoughts about Cortland? And is that a is that a guy one? Is that a guy that you would want to trade? B, if you did, what would you want? You know, uh, I personally don't want to see Cortland Sutton go. Maybe it was because it was. A one of the few picks recently that I felt like I that still has potential, and I still feel like uh, can can get we can get more out of him when he has some consistent uh, coaching and consistent play around him. However, you have to be concerned in his past with the injury and everything that's come, and you know not having a quite as successful year this year as we would have all uh, liked and expected, honestly. Um, so. I'm not looking to trade him exactly. I definitely want to restructure. Uh, but if it comes down to a trade, uh, you know, I think we're looking at fourth round uh, kind of compensation with a, a future pick in 2024. Um, and that's not too appetizing to me. I think that they can get something done again in terms of restructuring. What about you? What are your thoughts there on uh, Sutton and his ability to yeah. be retained essentially? Yeah, I I think I think he's a player that would really benefit that could really benefit Michael Thomas kind of role. Um, he is also a player that I would be interested in dealing if you could get uh, you know a second and some change. Um, this wide receiver class isn't as deep as the last few. But depending on what you think Tim Patrick is going to come back like, um, you know, they, they're pretty similar in that nature. I think Tim has shown to be more consistent over the last few years, even though he's coming off injury, much smaller cap hit, et cetera. Um, so that, you know, if your thought is to use some of those savings to sign Jerry Judy long-term and get a draft pick, I think that that would be a good way to go. Um, just something to know. I wouldn't, he's a, Cortland is a good leader. Uh, and a a professional so it's not someone i would take exiting lightly uh that's for sure um another name for you free safety all pro justin simmons cap hit of 18 million and some change um someone that is one of the best at his positions in the game thoughts on uh on that name and would that be someone you'd be interested in moving if Justin Simmons goes, I think everyone is going to have to re-examine how the Broncos are, are looking at this roster. Uh, to me, that basically says goodbye with you know basically the old roster. We're, they're going to make a mass amount of changes then if Simmons is going. Um, 
And I, I, I just don't see it happening, honestly. I think with uh, with Simmons, he is connected with this city so, uh, in yeah, just so in connected with this uh, this community that uh, I think people would be really rather upset. Uh, and the Broncos right now, they need someone who can be a, a jersey seller, someone who can, um, you know, who who people you know just want to be a part of what mm-hmm. he's doing. And I think that's a, a great way for for the Broncos to look at it. Um, I would need, I, I need first round compensation and uh, definitely first round and maybe a little bit more going there. If, uh, if you had to move on and then, and then again, embrace the, the long change. Yeah. I or agree. Yourself. I, that wouldn't be a player I would move. Um, however, I do think he probably would get you the most. So if you're looking to maximize your return, I do think it's also encouraging about how well the the unit played last year in his absence. I think you can get good safety play from from players who maybe aren't, you know, like Justin Reed is maybe you know is another level below in Kansas City. You know, you'd save almost ten million dollars getting a guy like that. Uh, not that those are comparable, but if you're looking at like tier of player, you can get really good safety play. Uh, from someone a little um, make a little bit less coin if your defense is focused on you know on maybe less need you know if you're if you're protecting more of the boundary versus uh, deep deep halves um, in today's game you know with the too high safety look coming back and being a little bit more prevalent he also is, is someone that can match up with your Travis Kelsey's and that kind of stuff so not necessarily something that I would do um, but I can see why see why uh, that might be something that the Broncos decide to do. So um, I do think that they are in a position to, I don't think anyone is safe on the roster. I think when you're losing as much as the Broncos have been, uh, everyone is up for a deal, whether that's someone that they drafted last year, like uh, Delarian Turner yell, um, you know, maybe the kind of the same vein as Carrie Vincent, you look to move, um, you know, if Nick Benito, we don't think that he can, uh, catch on not that I would recommend that a guy like KJ Hamler who really just hasn't caught traction maybe the, the speed really entices someone for uh, for a midday pick uh, outside of that I think that those are really you know maybe Ronald Darby but he's coming off a big injury uh, Graham obviously Glasgow is coming off of um, off some you know intermittent play and in, in injury so those guys that you could uh, get out there and and deal Randy Gregory is that someone that you could uh, restructure and send out or Albert Okuwegbunam would be a guy that might be able to get something. I do think that they will, this, this franchise likes picks and I think that they will do that. Um, so just something to keep an eye on couple things, last things for you, some interesting names. I thought, uh, signed to futures deals in particular, because we have identified at least you and I agree that really addressing the offensive line will be the biggest need for this team. Uh, Wolf Sherman, uh, was signed to okay, a, uh, so another Colorado yeah. guy. Yeah, so he was he was signed to the active roster before the last game, and then a futures deal, uh, and then another name, Isaiah Prince, former sixth round pick, um, for the I don't know, it doesn't say, I don't recall, um, off top of my dome piece, sorry, of Cincinnati, and then no, of Miami. Gosh dang it, cut all that. Now nah, leave it. So signed to Miami was released, claimed by Cincinnati. Um, Isaiah Prince, uh, pretty toolsy, uh, 
player thoughts on on that do you like that those acquisitions um obviously you're not banking on on those players to come in but uh two developmental pieces that that i think could uh if developed right which has been a thing for the the coaching staff last year for sure um thoughts on that yeah i think that's those are fine guys to choose from for me when it comes to future deals think about filling out your roster who you Mm -hmm. want to see uh, you know, have more depth behind and, and compare all your players to. I don't really th- see it as, you know, these guys are going to be starters. We're looking for maybe someone we can find on the practice squad and develop there. That's what I, what I see f- with futures deals mainly. What about yourself? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Parker Ferguson, former Air Force standout, would be another uh, one. All these are young. You think, you know, would you – you really think you're really thinking practice squad first, right? Addressing kind of the back end of the roster, come in and compete. Maybe one of these players flashes enough to to keep them around, um, but you never know. I, I, I like it. I think you can never. We talked about you can't have enough offensive line depth. So if you're going to take some swings at it, take some swings about here. So I, I like it. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for uh, for what's coming up next. Do you recall, my friend, when um, when the combine is? You know, off the top of my head, I do not. I feel like it's. I feel like is is the draft in April twenty, you know, twenties, yep. early twenties. Yeah, last usually last week of of April. So the combine is the twenty seventh through the sixth. They pushed it back a week. Um, Oh, February? Yeah, because it usually had been like the week following the parade week. So it would start next week. So instead of it being next week, it'll start the Monday following. So the last Monday in February through that first week. It's pretty excited about that. Maybe there's a move that happens that gives us a little bit more intrigue and to pay attention to some of that. Uh, But definitely what what groups are you going to be most excited about? And then what do you think is the the most important position groups that the Broncos should look at? before we transition out of this here episode, my man. Yeah, I think for position groups to watch out for, I, I'm really interested in the running back class. I, I've kind of seen it shuffled around and who's had their order of top 10 players. Um, so I'm really ex- excited to see how that really actually plays out. Uh, for the Broncos, I think they need to still find a cornerback with uh, Darby probably on his way out. Um you know, just cap casualty and unfortunate injury history. Uh, so I think, you know, another cornerback needs to be addressed if you want to go with someone in the nickel or, or you know, uh, to get ready for Quan Williams when he eventually leaves. This is being his final year of his deal. Um, so I think cornerback has a, a lot of options and a, a lot of opportunity for the Broncos as well. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I think up front uh, on both sides of the ball, we talked about offensive line at Nalpazium. Uh So I'd go defensive line. I think that there's some, depending on schematically what the emphasis of this team is, um, continuing to bring in depth to, to make sure you got your best, you know, your best six, if you're traditional three-man front, uh, but really kind of bring in, I don't know that I would really stack the edge room necessarily. I like the, uh, if they keep Jacob Morton uh, with Jonathan Cooper, Nick Benito, you got Chris Allen coming back, who, uh, you know, unrestricted or uh, undrafted free agent from last year out of Alabama. Then you got Browning and Gregory. Um, you got Mike Purcell, et cetera. But 
you, you're probably going to look for someone maybe to fill Deshaun Williams spot if you can't bring uh, Williams back. Uh, and then you, you had two mid to late round draft picks last year. So uh, I, I think both of those guys showed some progress as the year went, but I, I don't think that you can never have enough good players up front. Uh, you saw it with, uh, with, with the game yesterday, right? The ability to get, or yesterday, um, the ability to get pressure. If you can't get on Patrick Mahomes, especially without bringing, uh, bringing blitzes, uh, et cetera. Uh, we're going to be watching, you know, number 15 in red uh, host up a, a lot of trophies. And so I think that that's super important uh, if you're able to get to the quarterback. And if you can do that, you know, if you, it doesn't hurt to have some good back end depth guys that uh, Malik Jackson, et cetera, right? Fifth round pick uh, turn to be a, a integral part of of this of this team in the Super Bowl run. So keep looking at flyers like that. I think that that'll be a, a area that I'll want to watch. Nice, I I agree with that, and I think there are going to be flyers definitely. I don't see many top end guys, but I think there's going to be flyers that are going to be late there for for the Broncos to take. Yep. Well, my friend. I appreciate you. Fun as always. Again, go follow us on uh, our social media sites at orange underscore and underscore brew. Hopefully you got it that time. Uh, Again, I am the doctor, my man, John K. We appreciate all of you. Uh, Hopefully you're, you're staying warm. If you're in Colorado today, if not, uh, boo, Uh, (laughs) boo on you. Uh, But again, uh, be kind of one another and, uh, Famously, we'll say again, go Broncos. Go Broncos. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network, with gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Safe drivers save up to 20% with insurance. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance.